New information in the Jenna Holm case could exonerate her. Will she stand trial for the accidental death of Deputy Wyatt Mazur? New information shows mistakes made by the Bonneville County Sheriff's deputies that dealt with her case. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Katie. Hello. How's it going? Good. I'm very, very excited for this uh, episode. I'm so excited for Jenna. I can't wait to see what happens. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. It's huge. Dude, we get to report good news. Right? That's not a thing we we report a lot on this this show. I know, and and nothing major. Well, some things have changed, but um, if you recall uh, the Jenna Holm case, we did this case back in April originally, and so Jenna Holm in in May of 2020, Jenna Holm was having a medical mental health emergency out on the Bone Road. The Bone Road is known as the loneliest road in Idaho because mm-hmm. it is. Uh, if you saw it in the intro, if you were watching this on a video, I showed a, a an image of it. It is a very long stretch of road out through farmland. There are very few houses. There's no one out there. There's absolutely no light in the dark. There's no it, cell phone service. No, no cell phone service. And the only lights you get are the red blinking lights of the uh, windmills. Mm-hmm. We have a big windmill farm up there. And yeah. I got to tell you, it's creepiest shit up there it's really eerie well you and i both have been broken down on the bone road before and know just how lonely and desperate and awful it is because there's nothing and no help no we had to call 911 to get help for a blown tire on the bone road one time because that was the only cell service we could get Mm -hmm. so what happened this is at five o'clock in the morning it's still dark and Jenna had an accident with her car and then she was just walking down the middle of the road, like heading toward Idaho Falls, but many, many miles away. She had a machete in her hands, which good on her. You don't know what's right. going to come along out there. I would have had a weapon too, if I had one, mm-hmm. because I would have been terrified and I'm sure she was. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody drove by one of the farmers that lives up there, drove by, saw the wrecked car, saw her, called 911. So the police come out there, you know, and she's a little bit nervous about them. But we'll tell you why here in just a minute. She wasn't so sure that they were there to help her. And they gave them, she gave them a little trouble. And at one point actually lifted her machete up at one of the officers. She never harmed anybody. She never touched anybody. So they tased her to the ground. Right after they tase her. Deputy Wyatt Mazur walks across the Bone Road as Deputy, oh, hell, why did, how can I forget his name? Um, (laughs) Flegel. Deputy Flegel comes flying up in his car, and he is flying. They show that he's doing around 65 miles an hour. Deputy Mazur steps out in front of him on this dark road, and Deputy Flegel hits him with his car and kills him. Yeah. It's an absolutely horrendous accident. Terrible for everyone involved. 
Yeah. But in the wisdom of the Bonneville County Sheriff's Office and the prosecutor's office, do you know who they decide is at fault in this thing? Yeah. Jenna Holm. The one and only Jenna. Yeah. The woman laying on the ground tased. It's her fault. It's her fault. They had to be out there in the first place helping her. P.S. She didn't call 911. Someone else did. Yeah. And also, isn't that what we're supposed to do when we're having an emergency? Is call the police because we need help. Jenna clearly did need help. So as she's laying on the ground tased, this terrible accident happens. And so they decide to charge her. Let's see. And we'll tell you what her charges currently are. Involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. They're freaking charging her like she murdered this guy. Yep. And she was arrested and she went to jail and she sat in jail for almost a year. Yeah. Awaiting trial on this. She was bailed out a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And not, I just not happened long to after the story we ran, about two weeks after yes, our story, yes. she finally bailed out. Yeah. So, like, right by a group of concerned citizens. I mean, yes, by a group of just, concerned citizens. Yep. She doesn't have much support. And of course, she just has public defenders and doesn't have any money, you know. And so, yep, it's a group of concerned citizens who recognize that this is utter and complete bullshit are working on Jen's behalf. Yeah. So I will let you know that I happen to know that she's doing quite well and she's working and, you know, she's doing okay. Mm -hmm. So throughout this whole thing, at no point has Deputy Flegel been charged or disciplined. Nothing. 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 And they came back when the prosecutor came back with their report to determine who to charge with this. They never even mentioned deputy Flegel's name. The only person charged and held responsible for this death is Jenna Holm, who was laying on the ground tased, not deputy Flegel who came flying up in his car. And unfortunately, Wyatt Mazur who stepped out into the road. So there's been a big internal investigation done in the Bonneville County Sheriff's office. And they have been refusing to turn that over to Jenna's attorneys. Jenna's defense attorneys are like, hey, we have the right to see that. We have the right to see if you found fault in your police officers. Because that's part of her defense as she was laying on the ground tased when this happened. Clearly, we need to see who else was um, involved. So the sheriff's office refused to release it. They said they couldn't because there was private attorney-client privileged information in the report. You know, between the sheriff's office and their attorney. What kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. So this went to court. The worst. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So this went to court. And, you know... So her attorneys said one of the primary lines of defense from his home lies in the conduct of Sergeant Randy Flegel, Deputy Ben Botcher, who was the other officer there, and Deputy Wyatt Mazur. Any conduct on the part of the officers individually or collectively is a su- substantial factor for the jury to consider when asked by the prosecutor to assign blame to Ms. Holm for the tragic death of Officer Mazur. 
Yeah. So they were fighting it. They didn't want to turn any of this over. Yeah. You know, which is utter bullshit. Damaging. This is the biggest public frame up job I've seen in a long time by Bonneville County. So the judge, Judge Dane Watkins, decided to resolve this in a way that could still give her the information that she needed for her defense, which she has every right to. Like, are these guys just trying to get a mistrial? You know, they're they're just trying to foist this over on her rather than recognizing that one of their officers killed another one of their officers because he was acting like an idiot. Yeah. Because they were both acting like idiots, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So what he did that because he said there are parts of the report that can be releasable. Which in and of itself is bullshit to me. The entire report should be releasable. This is public. It should be public. We should all be able to see this. Don't I, as a Bonneville County resident, have a right to know what the hell happened here? Yeah. So this is what the judge said. Because the recommendations made in the report are meant to be implemented into sheriff department policies and procedures, they were arguably never intended to be confidential. So what they did is they released the findings and recommendations that were in the in the filing. The judge did that himself. Now, an interesting thing happened because that filing was briefly made public on Monday. And EastIdahoNews.com, which we have to really think because we got to get a lot of good information from them, mm-hmm. um, got a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And then the judge sealed it on Tuesday. It's I really so find it funny. interesting. Yeah. Well, yes, because uh, why? Yeah. <laughs> why did he give the public a day to crack at it? Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe because uh, Jenna Holm and everybody else in this county has the right to know this stuff. Yeah. The funny thing is that a few days ago on East Idaho News or on on Facebook. Nate Eaton posted, what if you came across some briefly unsealed information that could damage a case? Would you release it? And oh, you know what? went crazy. Right. But you know what? It's not this case. It is not. You don't think it I is? Read, no, I know it isn't. I read something today. Okay. That Mark Means released 169 pages of stuff when he submitted a filing to the judge of information. Oh. That should have been sealed. It really is the Daybell Bell case, which is what we initially thought. But then we heard this and we're like, maybe it was this. No, East Idaho okay. News published this. Yeah. They're not publishing the other stuff. Well, people went crazy on that post. Like, don't do it. Don't jeopardize the case. Because they all thought it was the Vallow case. So it really was. Oh, for it the really was. Yeah. You guys, uh, Mark means <sighs> we have so much to say this week. Yeah. yeah. We're going to get there. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to tell you what the findings are as far as the uh, mistakes that the deputies made that uh, early morning. So stick here with us for just a minute. All right. And we're back. Okay. So here is the rundown. Deputy Botcher, who was the original deputy on the scene, did not activate his emergency red and blue vehicle lights. He also never deployed his flashlight. So think about this. Jenna's walking down the road, scared to death, with a machete in her hand. 
and a car comes up and a man gets out and comes at you. No red and blue lights, no flashlight. Yeah. How did she even know it was a cop? Yeah. No wonder she had her machete at the ready. Right. All she knew was that she had men coming at her in the dark. Right. And why and did she was having his... a mental health episode? So right. Who why, the hell knows what she thought? Why didn't he turn on his emergency lights so she could immediately identify him as a police officer and turn on his flashlight so she could see who was freaking walking up to her? Yeah. Because all the while they have indicated, and when this story broke in the news, it was all about that. Well, and at first they said she was naked. The yes, first they did. Said she was naked, and then that has never been spoken of again. No, she wasn't. Never mentioned in court. Never spoken of in any way. But then, yeah. uh, but this is what the news, you know, I think was told, right? So they also made it really seem like she was really combative and fighting the police and trying to, you know, fight them off. And yeah. oh God, how? What would you do? Yeah, what would you yeah. do? So. Deputy Botcher also gave the wrong location and the wrong direction of travel to the other officers. So they didn't exactly know where they were going. They knew they were going on the bone road, but they didn't know where exactly or which direction this, this scene was unfolding. Right. Repeatedly, he gave the wrong information. Yes. So then Deputy Mazur arrives. He stops his vehicle in the lane of traffic. So he's not pulled off to the side of the road. He's in the road with only scene lights turned on, which are white, with no red or blue emergency lights to the rear. So again, no emergency lights. Yeah. Again, somebody else shows up. Jenna kind of freaks out at this point. Mazer gets out of his car and that's when she raises her machete. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry. Who the fuck is this guy? Sorry, YouTube. Yeah. You know, right? Yeah. So then he only uses the his weapon-mounted flashlight. So he's pointing now his gun at her mm -hmm. with a flashlight on it. So that's going right in her eyes. Still, how is she identifying who these idiots are? So then because she raised her machete, they decide they're going to tase her. So Mazer is on one side of the road. Botcher is on the other side. So Botcher tases her. Deputy Mazer is giving what they call lethal cover, which is basically he's got his gun trained on Jenna unless she, in case she tries to go for Mazer with the machete. Yeah, right. Okay. Yes. So he, Botcher tases her. So, of course, she just hits the ground. So Mazer, with his gun flashlight, steps up into the road just as Flegel arrives and Flegel hits him and kills him. Yeah. They've got information that Flegel was going 65 miles an hour. And also, Mazer, unfortunately, stepped into the road. You know, the whole thing. Does any of this sound like Jenna's fault to anyone? Because it doesn't sound like Jenna's fault to me. No. It does not to me in any way. But again, when this first came out in the news, they really tried to demonize her. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was her fault the whole way. Well, but in the news, he, when it first happened, they said she was naked, and they said that she was she was uh, on drugs. Yeah, this was a drug thing, and now we know it was not. She yeah. was having a mental health episode. She yeah. was, yeah. Also, there was another vehicle there. This is the witness in the case. This is the person who called 
911 and their car, their vehicle, I think it was a pickup, was on the right side of his lane with bright lights shining into oncoming traffic, which meant that as Flegel's flying up there, he's got headlights right in his eyes. And that's when Mazer steps across the road. This is a tragic accident Mm -hmm. with a list of mistakes made by police that could have changed this situation. Mm -hmm. Not always by the fault of the victim. Right. Jenna being the victim. Sorry, not the officer. It's so, it's sad. It's so sad for his family. It's, it's a horrible crisis. It is. It's a tragic. fair to just pin this on Jenna Holm as if she caused any of this. No, because she didn't. I really am confident that they're going to, that the judge and jury will find that. Mm-hmm. But I'm really disgusted with Bonneville County. Mm-hmm. They know damn well this wasn't her fault. Yeah. But they don't, you know what this is? They don't want to ruin the, the, the uh, career of a good officer. So yeah. they're just going to ruin somebody else's life. You mm-hmm. know, she's expendable. Yeah. That's, that's how she's being treated. And it's a yeah. bunch of bullshit. But when you see that, and I mean, the judge has seen the entire file. Mm-hmm. He knows what else was said. Mm-hmm. I just, mm. it, I'm mm-hmm. hopeful for Jenna that she may not even go to trial on this with this being released. I mean, I, if I were the prosecutor, I'd be pretty damn nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, because- if I were the prosecutor, I'd be dropping the charges. Right. Why even what I carry read, forward at this point? Why? Yeah. So uh, a law, a local law professor wrote an article in the newspaper shortly after this happened and talked about the law that they're using to charge Jenna. And it would be, he said, it's really for things like if Jenna had shoved Mazer and he stepped out in the road and Flegel hit him. But Jenna didn't do anything. She didn't come into contact with any of these people. And she certainly wasn't the one driving the car. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't understand how Flegel is not the number one person being um, investigated here. He was the one driving the damn car. Yeah. And it's a terrible thing because it's pretty clear that Deputy Mazers just stepped out into the road and didn't realize he was coming and Flegel didn't see him. I mean, it, accidents happen. You know, but do we have to ruin the life of someone over it? Like, really? Accidents do happen, but there's so much about this that I really struggle with. First of all, was this a portion of the bone road that is a dirt road, a gravel road? Because most of it is. Do we know? It's right at the start of bone. I think this was still Maybe pavement. I was going to say, this I was can't part say of that, that gravel 100%. road. How the hell would you not hear somebody coming? But maybe not. Right. Maybe it was a part of that road that is paved. But uh, the fact that none of them turned their lights on, I don't understand that at all. I don't either. Like, why? Because, you know, immediately that says to Jenna, this is the police. They're here to help mm-hmm. me. You know, just random guys getting out of cars, shine, shining flashlights in her face or Yelling not her. using a flashlight at all. Yeah. And coming at her in the dark. This is how you deal with what someone who intention? appears to be having a crisis? Well, what What was their intention? Right. What was they their intention? They weren't identifying themselves as officers in the way that I would, in, in, you know, in, anticipate they would. What mm-hmm. was their intention? 
coming at her in the dark like that and without identifying themselves like that. Someone's having a crisis like that and this is the way that you deal with it. Um, They need some serious crisis training, Mm -hmm. first of all. Yeah. Second of all, why isn't it policy that their red lights are always on so that people know what's happening and who that is? It just, it makes zero sense to me. Well, also the fact that the one car was left in the middle of the road, like left in the lane of traffic. Yeah. People drive that road a billion miles an hour because it is such a deserted road. There's never anyone out on it. If there had not been the wreck there had been, there easily could have been another one with a farmer coming up that road, driving it hard and fast and not seeing that car there until it was too late. Leaving it there was just as, uh, you know, just as problematic as anything, especially without their lights on. Like, none of this is okay. No, none of it is okay at all. But making Jenna the scapegoat is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sets a precedent that, like, okay, so now I'm afraid to call the police when I need help. Because if one of them gets hurt while they're helping me, it's my fault? No, yeah. that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. She didn't do anything to harm anyone. No, it's also really problematic that they taste her because we know that when people are having some kind of a psychotic episode, which she appeared to be having, but they decided it was drugs right off the bat, apparently. But we know that tasing someone who is having a mental health event can kill them. Yeah, it can can give them a heart attack. Yeah. Have there been of like schizophrenic men being tased that were walking down the highway and stuff and killed Because of the taser. Like, I thought we weren't doing that anymore. But. (laughs) I don't know. This is disgusting. Bonneville County is disgusting me right now. And as a. As a resident. As a Mm -hmm. voter. Mm -hmm. No. This is not okay. On any level. But I really do hope that this information. Will be used. To Jenna's benefit. And that she'll be able to. That her attorneys will be able to. You know, get this dropped. Needs to be dropped. Yeah. And give her her life back. For hell's sake, she served almost a year just yeah. waiting for trial because yeah. she couldn't bond out because they gave her a huge bond. Huge, yeah. So, anyway, we wanted to give an update on this case. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something we're definitely following closely. Uh, as you know, we're kind of, we like to be social justice warriors behind this, our mics. And this is certainly one of those cases in which we need to be. And more people need to advocate for people like Jenna when things like this happen because, you know, it's not okay. And obviously, she's being used as a scapegoat in this situation. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, today is Tuesday. This is our Tuesday case. And we will be back on Wednesday with another awesome case. And this is an MMIW case coming up on Wednesday. Yes. And then we'll be back Wednesday night. And Wednesday night is going to be at 8 p.m. Mountain rather than 7 p.m. Mountain because I have something to go to uh, before my before uh, the live stream. So I had to move it a little bit. <laughs> that thing. What is that, that thing? That yes. thing. That thing I'm doing. Uh, yeah. So no, don't, we'll, don't miss the live stream because holy hell. Oh, my gosh. Have we got some updates? Mark Means is doing it up. Uh, He is. Yeah, he's killing us, frankly. So we have that. And then Thursday night at 7 p.m. Mountain, we have the Psychic Hour. Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, lots more coming this week. So please don't forget to like and subscribe because that really helps us. Also, sharing helps us. If you're listening on uh, a uh, podcast platform, come over and check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us there as well. All of those things help us. We appreciate all of you listening and watching so very much because it's helping us to grow. And of course, that is the plan. If you would like to send us a case that we can cover, please send us cold cases because that's what we like to cover. And uh, you can do that by going to truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. And there's a little form you can fill out to send us a case. Yeah. So you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Thanks.